Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. As we take you up for the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. We got a great guest coming up later on today's program. We are going to talk to one of the finest young boxers in all the sport. He's going to be fighting on pay-per-view next week against Jason Rosario. It's Erickson the Hammer Lubin. He trains down here in Delray Beach at Delray Beach Boxing and uh, is after his KO loss to Jamel Charlo about three years ago, three, four years ago. Um, the now 25 year old is, is hoping to get revenge with a win over Jason Rosario and, and really get himself back. It, it would set himself up if Jermel doesn't end up leaving the division, um, which I guess is all up for air because, you know, Jermel could end up vaulting up, which could make Jermel go up. So who, who quite knows? But theoretically, it should set up a, a rematch and a chance for Erickson to go and avenge that loss where he took a fight very, very young. So very much looking forward to this conversation. We want to get him on the show for a long time and looking forward to that conversation with him. Um. Interesting week for me in, uh, in in this regard. You know, I was hoping that this show today would be recapping a fun night at Lone Depot Park and everything that uh, myself and Leroy Hoy would have gotten into shenanigans-wise with uh, the Teofimo Lopez-George Cambosis fight. You know, we had them both on the, uh, on the show. I was very, very hyped up for this one. I know that it was a big boxing night last night, but this was the one that I was looking forward to the most. Not just because it was down here in South Florida. You guys know how much I care about that. I don't have to keep getting into that. But this was the the highest stakes fight that you could have, that we have we have had down here in a long time. And, you know, Tiafima looked upon as I, I keep getting arguments about this, the undisputed champion. You know, some people say he's not undisputed, bro, Devin Haney. It's like, well, everybody only complains every time Devin Haney steps into the ring. You know, people uh say that that belt was just basically gifted to him by the WBC. I think we all look upon Tiafimo Lopez as the man, um, whether you look upon his franchise belt as the belt or Devin Haney's belt as the belt, whatever, dude. I mean, I think we all can regard that the number one 135-pound fighter on the planet is Tiafimo Lopez. And um, I was looking forward to that fight, you know, to give you guys a little bit of a background of what went down this week. It was media week, you know, the it, you know, so... I was looking forward to doing a lot of coverage for you guys, getting interviews for you guys. And Tuesday was the round table. It was, you know, I've never been to a boxing round table before. I was like, what the hell is it? No, it was literally a round table. You walked into a hotel room and this fighter was speaking. And then you got the uh, the opportunity to fire some questions at it. 
some goofy ass questions were getting asked. So it was a little bit of a, a, a tough circumstance to kind of be in. Um, but I ended up getting there right as Vitor Belfort was wrapping up his media day. And then the real Tarzan was uh, going to start his, which was an interesting one because a lot of these people didn't know who he was. I actually know a lot about uh, Mike Holston, so I didn't feel like I needed to ask a lot of the innocuous questions about it. So my guy Tyrone Spong and Tyrone was going to come on the show Thursday if there was a fight to talk about. So, you know, Tarzan ends up speaking for like 20 minutes or so. I'm starting to, you know, cut the uh, the video up. I'm going to upload it to YouTube so people can watch it. And the next scheduled people to do roundtables were Javier Centeno, who is George Cambosis's trainer. He was supposed to speak, I think, at like 2.30, but a 2 was supposed to be Tiafima Lopez Sr., who's supposed to be a bit of a firecracker and is supposed to be, you know, a really, really fun interview. So I was looking forward to it. And the, uh, the PR guy walks in, you know, it's probably like 15 minutes before we're supposed to talk to senior. And he says, guys, Tiafima Lopez has COVID-19. And it's one of those things too, where you're just like, you're, you ever get told something and it's just hard for it to register right away. And so I'm like listening to him say it. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's a bummer. The dad got a, uh, got COVID, but it's like, you're processing this all. And then like, the, then comes the next statement and he goes, Saturday's fight card is canceled. It's moved to August. And it, it, it was like a delayed reaction to compute. I was like, wait, wait, really? And so like he repeats it. And clearly he's not talking about the dad. He's talking about the fighter, the champion, Tiafima Lopez Jr. And the fight card was off, man. The fight card is uh, is uh, is scrapped not to be at Lone Depot Park. And I think the date they, what did they say? I think August 14th was the date they ended up picking. So immediately I go to my computer and I go to see uh, what's at Lone Depot Park that day. And sure enough, there's a Marlins Cubs game. So there's not going to be a boxing match that night. It's in the middle of a three game series. And, you know, start seeing from some of the national pundits that this fight's probably not going to be in Miami. Seems like it's going to be headed to Vegas, maybe Texas, maybe Cali. Who knows? Uh, but the fight's not going to take place in Miami, which is just a, a, a huge crushing blow. Because, look, it's been nice having Floyd Mayweather down here, Canelo Alvarez down here. Um, you know, I know bare knuckles coming up next week with, uh, Yuli Diaz and, um, you know, Tiago Alves are fighting for the belts. You got Luis Palominos fighting for, you know, defending his championship. There's a lot of belts that are on the line next week at BKFC. So there's been a lot of cool events that have gone down here. I did not watch that social gloves thing that went, um, a couple weeks ago, but this was the one I was looking forward to the most, like an actual championship is on the line. It's being defended in our city. Haven't had that in a long, long time. We've had some guys defend their belts, like, you know, Demetrius Andre has actually fought here a couple of times, but one was closed. The other one was, uh, you know, he was taking on a, a pretty lackluster opponent that he should have diced through. But this was like, whoever wins this is the man at 135 pounds, and it, it was going to be another big statement, I think, for for Lopez if he could have gotten it done. And you guys know that I, I had a lot of belief in Cambosis, and... A couple, the first thing that honestly went through my mind, other than I was just bummed out, I felt horrible for George. 
Um, and obviously I, I want Tiafimo to be okay. And they said he was symptomatic. So I do hope that he has a good recovery from this because, you know, we have seen even some of the best athletes have had really, really rough recoveries from COVID-19. I do think it, it's something that you do have to consider, especially for a guy who, you know, looked like in his last fight was waning a little bit, has had some issues with cutting weight. Um, I believe Tiafimo is a guy who's expressed that he's had issues with asthma before. So first and foremost, yes, you do think about Tiafimo and you hope that he's okay and and all that type of stuff. But the second thing that went through my mind was George because the first thing that went through my mind was George because he is from Australia. And, you know, if you guys have heard our interviews, like he has to quarantine for two weeks when he gets home and he's a guy with two young children and his, I don't know if it's fiance or wife. I don't know what their relationship status is, but the woman that he spends his life with, they're expecting a third child. And she had just gotten to South Florida, I think maybe the week beforehand. So they were all expecting, Hey, you know, we're going to do this fight and we'll go do the quarantine and whatever families watching their children, you know, they'll, they'll get through that, but this is obviously a, a big moment for his career and for their life and their livelihood. And now it's punted for the second time because this was supposed to remember this fight was supposed to already be in the bag. This is supposed to be June 5th. The Mayweather thing kind of shot that in the water. All right. Got pushed back a couple of weeks. You figure no big deal. What's an extra couple of weeks. Um, but now it's pushed back an extra couple of months. You don't know where the fight's going to be. So you go from thinking, all right, the fight's going to be in our backyard to now it could be anywhere. You're probably going to have to go to another place in a couple of weeks to prepare for whatever. Who knows? So I, I just felt horrible for George in that regard because he he was ready. You know, he was ready for this fight. He was ready for this moment. And the fact that that just got kind of shot out of the out of the sky just like that with what are we talking four days to go probably already probably began weight cut process and all that type of stuff um you know the, 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 the you saw bob aram come out too and he was saying that and bob is tiafimo's actual promoter um but it wasn't part of this card and he says that, you know shame on tiafimo for not getting the vaccine um, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that he didn't. And I heard some rumblings from people who were actually at his media day that said that he didn't look so great, uh, health wise. So not, they, they actually didn't seem that shocked that this was the case, but I actually do find it. I find it surprising from this regard, you know, we're dealing a little bit with this, with, uh, with Chris Paul, although it's been said that he did take, you know, the vaccine. I know it doesn't make you immune from catching it, but certainly can, um, lower the chances of you spreading it and also seriously reduce the uh, the damage and effect that the disease could have on you. But there's so much debate that's going on, and I know this stuff makes everybody crazy. I'm not here to uh, I'm not here to to push anybody's beliefs on anything. I got vaccinated, my whole my my wife got vaccinated, she's a teacher. Um, you know, quite frankly, we, you know, I wasn't somebody who even got sick from taking the vaccine, the two doses that I took. And 
I just think that, you know, if you're a professional athlete and that's something like that could mess up a $6 million payday for you, how you don't get it is, uh, is, is pretty crazy to me. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'll get a good explanation on that from, from Teofimo or whatnot, but just a, a huge, huge bummer for, for the event, for him, for George Cambosis, for everybody who was on that card. A lot of local boxers were on that card who were looking forward to the exposure. They don't get that now. Um, it sucks. It really, really, really sucks. So hopefully everybody uh, who paid for tickets down here, um, you know, you get your refunds easy and all that type of stuff. But it's unfortunate that it seems like we're not going to get the uh, the actual fight when it does go down. Which is uh, which is a big disappointment. It is a huge disappointment. But I do think that this is an interesting uh, factor for whenever this fight does happen. Because if he if he's not vaccinated, if if he's not um, got the right treatment for this stuff, and he has been a guy that has dealt with asthma, yeah, you do wonder what is it going to be like for him to restart camp. They say he's symptomatic, so what's it going to be like for him to restart camp, get back into. Uh, the kind of shape that he wants to be in for this fight and um, what kind of effects is that going to have for him off of this? You know, what kind of, what kind of fighter are we going to get if, uh, if he does come back in a couple of months? So that'll be an interesting thing. And then the whole, it was interesting because, you know, he had just restructured his deal with, uh, with top rank and was supposed to think fight in October, I think was, was what I read. So now that obviously gets pushed back too. you know, you know, obviously would have had big ramifications if uh, he doesn't fight, if he fights George Cambosis. And and I would be shocked that if George ends up winning the fight, that uh, that Tiafimo tries to get some kind of a rematch or something. I guess it depends on how that fight would have gone. But uh, really, really big bummer for us here. We're going to take a quick break here on the program. When we come back, we are going to talk to a man who's going to be fighting next week on the Showtime pay-per-view card. You got Gervonta Davis taking on uh, Mario Barrios. We talked to Mario Barrios last week, so I appreciate him joining the show. But I've been wanting to talk to this guy in the program for a while. I haven't, it's been a while. We actually haven't talked to him uh, since he was about 21 years old when he was training in Central Florida. But he's been down here in South Florida for a while, training with Kevin Cunningham uh, for a while in Palm Beach. And now he's uh, training in Delray Beach at the uh, Delray Beach Boxing Gym. So he has uh, been honing his craft with, uh, with a great trainer. He's on a five-fight win streak. And he's going to be fighting next week on pay-per-view in Atlanta, Georgia against, uh, you know, former champion Jason Rosario. So we will uh, get the thoughts of Erickson, the hammer, Lubin, the hammer. He joins us next. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 7 I Take. We'll get into a little bit of uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury's press conference coming up in just a little bit. Got some thoughts on what went down there with uh, Fury and Wilder as they got their pay-per-view fight coming up in July. But coming up next week on June 26th, you have Gervonta Davis taking on Mario Barrios as they will be fighting for Mario's version of the junior welterweight title. Um, but I've been wanting to talk to this guy for a while. He is uh, It's been a while since we have had him on the program. We had him when he was a really, really young fighter. But uh, he's been training down here in South Florida for a while under the tutelage of Kevin Cunningham. He's Erickson the Hammer Lubin. He's got his two fists, Jack and Sledge, both hammers. Uh, very, very exciting fighter to watch. Suffered a uh, a tough defeat to Jamel Charlo about three, four years ago and has been riding a win streak ever since and is hoping that if he gets this win over Jason Rosario, he is going to find himself 
back in line to rematch Jermel Charlo. We get into that and a lot of other stuff with his uh, his climb back into title contention. Here's our conversation with Erickson the Hammer Lubin. Very excited to talk to our next guest. He trains right down here in South Florida, and you guys can watch him on pay-per-view coming up on June 26th. He is on a monster Showtime card. He's taking on Jason Rosario. It's Erickson the Hammer Lubin. Thank you for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. How are how are Jack and Sledge doing? How are, how are the how are the hands feeling going into this one? They ready, man. They ready. They can't wait. I'm sure they can, man. You've been rolling, man. You've uh, you, you got yourself a, a nice win streak uh, rolling as you, as you're working your way back to a, to another title shot. Just uh, this this is a, a big time matchup, though. Like you guys are in a, a title eliminator. Uh, how much do you love the the stakes of this one? This has to feel great that you you feel like you know back to the doorstep and and getting back to where you want to be. I love it, man. You know, um, it feels like any other fight to me, kind of, you know, because, like, every fight is important. You know, um, my last fight with Terrell Gachet, I felt, you know, that was a very important fight. The fight before that with Nathaniel Gallimore, all these fights were important to me because, you know, I'm, 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 still, I'm still coming back from the loss. Well, I, I've came back from the loss. I'm on a 5-1 streak right now. But I, I feel like just every fight's important. So, you know, um, Jason Rosario, he's a former world champion. And this right here is going to um, just uh, put something on my legacy. It's just going to put something out. Uh, another uh, former world champion is all going to be part of my legacy. So I'm excited for it. It's on pay-per-view. I've never been on pay-per-view yet. But um, I'm ready to shine. I'm ready to go out there and just, you know, show the world that I'm the best at 154 pounds. How has this whole journey been back for you, Erickson? Because you took such a swing at 21 years old. I don't think really... Uh, you see many guys at that age, be it the you know at the stage that you took that swing at, and you felt like you know you've you've been you know in this journey back to where you want to be. But you're only damn, you're only 25 years old, man. So like, there's so much career that's left. So uh, you know, are, are you happy that the, the journey's been what it's been as far as like the way it's gone? Because you still have like obviously at 25, you have so much career left, um, and you've already kind of taken that that big knockdown uh, in a way to build yourself back up. Yeah, you know, that's what champions do, man. Champions, they come back from adversity. <clears throat> and, you know, um, being so young, I just, you know, um, I was just destined to be great. I was just going going for greatness early. You know, um, I had a little a little hiccup along the road. But, you know, it, it's just, you know, it, you know, when you when you take a loss, it really like helps you define who you are as a as a person. And, you know, I, I figured that out and I, I just, you know, um, I'm here. I'm here to stay. I'm here to go ahead and um, become champion and not look back. Since you've uh, since you've gone down here to South Florida, uh, you, you know, training in uh, in Delray with uh, with Kevin Cunningham. Like, what is that? What's that partnership been like with him? Like, when you guys uh, linked up and, and started training together, what is uh, what have you felt yourself improve upon? I improved on everything. You know, he 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 showed me what a true southpaw should really fight like and. I feel like I took every advice. Like I, I've sunk in so much since I've been with him, and um, you know we've been great. You know we're on a five fight win streak right now, and we're not looking back, man. We 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 we're not taking no easy fights either. When like ever since I've been with Kevin, every fight's been like you know very important. I take every fight very serious, and I think every fight's important. But we took fights that you know a lot of these guys wouldn't even take. You know. We've asked for the big names. We uh, we've asked for the, all these guys, and they're not they they ain't want to take the fights. We've asked for the, all these guys. I ain't even got a name drop, but we've asked for everybody. 
So I'm just happy, you know, um, we got a former world champion and Jason Rosario, and we're going to go out there and just perform and show show what we what we do best. What do you think that's about you, man? Because you've obviously never been a guy who's been risk avert in your in your career. Like, why why do you why do you like taking things head on? And you don't like doing the setup path that a lot of guys do. You know, like it, it is a part of boxing, and you're not like that. You're kind of the antithesis. Uh, antithesis. I know that word, the opposite of that. Um, you know, you you go that route. One day I'll get it. A professional broadcaster, allegedly. Um, no, but like you you go the opposite route, man. Like that's that's not something you see all the time in boxing, especially with somebody your age, like a guy who who always wants to kind of take it head on. Like what what do you think is about you either the way you developed or just your mindset? Why do you go that route, the hard way? I just feel like it's because I'm so competitive. I'm I'm, I'm very competitive, and you know, by the time I look back, I, I'm I'm gonna be able to say I beat everybody in the division. I beat you know all the top guys in my division. That's what I want. I want to be able to like clean out the whole division. You know, um, by the time I have all the titles, like I beat this person, I beat this person, I beat this person, and they all the top guys. That's what I want. I'm just a competitive man. This fight with uh, Rosario, like you said, he's a former champion. Um, you do you go into this like? Are you looking at his most recent fight? Do you look at what the best version of him is? How do you how do you uh, get get right for this one? Like as far as preparation is at, concerned, I look at the best version of Rosario, and I, 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 I that's what I want. I want the best uh, version of Rosario. I'm not looking at him and his losses. You know, I I, I took peek at videos, but I'm I'm expecting the best Rosario to come out here June 26. And we're gonna get the fans what they want. It's a yeah, and it's a monster card too with uh, with the championship with Javante uh, Davis and Mario Barrios. Speaking with him, he's excited to to be in front of a, a packed house. Are you excited about that? The idea of being in a in an environment like that? Yeah, I am. I'm excited. I'm excited. We got fans back in the building. It's gonna be it's gonna be special. That's a it's a big night. It's a real big night, and I'm gonna take advantage of it. It's uh, it's got to be a wild thing too, man. Like, have you been to? Because we've been down here in South Florida, you know, we've been uh, open a lot more. Have you gotten to take any of the the fight atmospheres? We've had a lot of stuff down here, like Canelo, Floyd Mayweather. Been a lot of fights that have come down here. You know, down here we're a lot more open than other places in the country. So, have you been? Has that gotten you amped up at all? Be like, man, I can't wait till I get to be in front of a stage like that. Yeah, I went to the Mayweather fight. I went to the Mayweather uh, Logan Paul fight. Um, it just. Gave me that vibe, you know, just having that that fight like vibe, and I was just I'm ready to fight, man. I've been ready to fight since weeks ago. I see it at, uh, at your gym. You, I've seen you take uh, photos on Instagram with uh, with Kamara Usman, the the UFC champion. Do you uh, do you connect with him at all? I'm like, I know it's a different sport and a crossover, but like, do you ever uh, get any tips or advice from a guy who's been to the to the top and has had a lot of success, even if it's in another combat sport? Gym. I talk to him sometimes in the gym. Not too much, but you know, when we in the gym, we just working. And um, he actually wanted to uh, do some sparring with me, but we never really got it because you know I got sparring partners and stuff like that. But maybe after the fight, we'll we'll do something. That's uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. Everybody wants to be in uh, in boxing now, right? Like that seems to be the uh, the uh, the the new thing. Everybody thinks they want to go in there and uh, and go. Like, what is it, Erickson? Could you uh, give us an idea of like what is something that the people watching it and seeing like people who want to get into boxing what don't they know man like what is the thing that they don't realize how special you guys are at the guys who are in the gym crafting it every day that you're just you're just truly great at and they think that you know maybe they maybe they miss it on tv or they don't notice it well when, when they get hit first thing when they get hit they gonna see that you know it's, it's no joke you don't play with boxing and then if you could take it from there then you know then it comes to skills and everything else and learning the technique and all that. 
Do you uh, do you have anything uh, a special plan as far as like the, uh, the 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 special kind of punches? I always love watching you know your flair, your dramatic when you're in there. I never know what I'm going to see from you. Maybe you throw a split in the midst of a of a combination. Who knows? Like, uh, do you do you do we do you plan on th- on throwing anything uh, sensational like that in this fight? That just, that just comes out of nowhere, man. That's just like when I'm in my mojo and my groove, it just comes out of nowhere. You might see it on June 26. Um. Are you are you happy, Erickson, that this has an opportunity to end up with you taking on Jermel again? Like, are you are you happy that this has a chance that the road can bring you back to a rematch and, and you can avenge that? Because sometimes guys never get a chance to avenge a loss like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 stoked, man. I, I, right now, my 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 eyes are on and my mind is on Jason Rosario. But you know, first we're gonna take care of business with him, and then after that, you know, um, hopefully Jamel gets his job done against Brian Castaño and we can make it happen again. I feel like that's the biggest biggest fight to make at 154 pounds, me and Jamel. There's I, no there's no me. I, I, I completely agree, man. Like that one uh would obviously be uh, would that be absolutely huge and would I, I think be a monster for you because I know you you probably think of yourself as just a completely mature different fighter from this point. Like that's gotta be night right. and day what you were at twenty one years old to what you are now. Because right. you know most guys don't get a fight like that stage; they get it at twenty five, maybe not even twenty five, and you, and you're getting a chance to to go back and do it again. That's got to be, uh, you know, something that you've been thinking about in a lot of ways with your prep because it's been a huge journey for you to to get back here. Yeah, it has been. It has been, and you know, I'm I'm ready to take full advantage of every fight that comes my way. I take every fight serious. I take all these guys serious, and like I said, I want to be able to just say I beat all these top guys. And then by the time I get back to that title, it'd be, you know, it'd be uh, earned, not given. Well, man, you're uh, you're a really, really fun watch. I know on June 26th, it's a stack card. I know your trainer says he thinks it's going to be fight of the night between you and Rosario that night. You guys are going to steal the show, which is saying something on, 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 a, on a monster one on Showtime Boxing like this one. So everybody go out there, buy that pay-per-view on June 26th. Check out our guy, right. Erickson Lubin, who's trained right down here in South Florida. Support your own down here. Uh, you do good work, man. It's been fun watching your journey, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching you on the 26th. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All righty. Take care, Erickson. Thank you. Thanks again to Hammer for joining us. Really, really appreciate speaking with Erickson Lubin there, and, and, and good luck to him next week as he'll be in action against Jason Rosario. Buy that fun on pay-per-view, guys. That should be a hell of a card coming up on Showtime pay-per-view. We're going to take a quick break. We will uh, get into a little bit of UFC as we got some news there regarding the welterweight title picture, plus... Uh, a, a couple of thoughts on what went down with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder this past week. Back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Uh, a little bit of UFC news this week. Um, so you had last week, we had UFC 263. And just a really, really cool night, especially with Brandon Moreno uh, winning the flyweight title. Super emotional moment for him. Israel Adesanya. He went and did his work. Uh, good performance from him. But I, I would say that. Uh, but I would say if you like, if you had to rank out of the three, like how it went, I think everybody was, you know, obviously the moment of the night was Brandon winning. Everybody was was super emotional about that. Everybody as a fan probably loved that. I think Israel did what, you know, I think most probably expected him to do. Um, there were some questions certainly about you know whether or not there was going to be any hangover from the Yan loss, but. You know, he looked he looked really, really good. And I, I also think that one of the things that probably was a detriment to how people um, took in Izzy's fight was just because of the high of the moment of Brandon winning. 
I think it's tough to top that. I think it's tough to 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 be a guy, even as the main eventer and a guy that more people know, just as a as a as a pure fan of UFC, and you're just consuming that night. It was it was so clearly the moment of the night, but. You know, the other moment of the night was was, uh, was with Leon Edwards, and unfortunately, I talked about this last week, how a lot of his performance was overshadowed by the fact that, that Nate almost, almost pulled it out, almost pulled out a Hail Mary. You know, but overall, because, uh, because and it, it sucks for Leon, and I said this last week, um, and I'm, I'm getting to my point, I don't want to keep rehashing what I said last week, Um it just sucks for Leon because I think if that's against anybody else, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but unfortunately, Nate is is so much of the people's champ, and especially his fan base. I, and I nailed exactly how he was going to split. If that was a real fight, um, you know, we know how that goes in the streets. But it's not. It's it's a sporting event, and I think for for Leon. If he didn't have that moment, will we have? If somehow. He could have rallied a little bit more, looked a little bit better um, in that fifth round, or if it just doesn't happen, if it's just even just a regular Nate Diaz wins the round, do we feel like he is is up for a touchdown? Because he just keeps looking for these moments, and he has been a bit snake, but in that he has this great record and a great win streak going, um, and he had the fight that got shut down by the pandemic, his card. He had the eye poke incident with Bilal. And now he has this pretty dominant win over Nate, but almost got, but got rocked really badly with a minute left. And you keep wondering to yourself, well, is that good enough to get a title shot? Because he said this week, he goes, well, I'm just going to wait around. I'm going to wait for my title shot. And you know, there's this, you can't, I, I don't fault that. I think that there are guys where, you know, certainly, you uh you want to put them in they've put themselves in a good win position to go get that done um and so like i don't want to be the guy that's always asking leon to go and fight more and fight more and fight more to have a performance that will solidify himself because when you're at his ranking in the world you shouldn't really have to do that much more but i just think that it's a couple of things. One that he has a loss to Kamaru, so I think there's really a, a level of people looking for him to do something that just makes them want to see him be the title contender that he, that that he is by status, but I think is lacking a little bit f- as far as commercial status. Because, like, you know, if I told you that you had two fights, Kamaru or Colby the rematch, or Kamaru versus Lee on the rematch. You know, even with how Kamaro's fight against Colby ended, it was a great, great fight. Those two had a a, a slugfest. It was a lot of fun. The Leon fight, nobody saw. It was it was a long time ago. So, and it's not that fresh in people's minds. And so, you know, what could he do? I, I mean, like you know, it was mentioned this week by Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal went and said that he thinks that. Uh, you know, he'd go and he'd fight. He had three options that he really liked. It was either the Leon fight, the Nate Diaz rematch, or the Nick Diaz rematch, which he's been public about. His management's been public about fighting Nick Diaz. And, you know, I think payday-wise, probably for Jorge, the one that makes the most sense is for the Nick Diaz fight to happen. I think it's got an easy storyline for sure. Nate's a little bit... Um, damaged goods right now because of Leon 
getting the best of him and you've already TKO'd him. It feels a little bit redundant taking him on. I know that, uh, you know, George says he was going to run it back. Everybody's always promising Nate to run it back. It's a funny thing. It never really happens. But, you know, like Connor, I feel like, you know, owes Nate still that trilogy. That's definitely a thing that we're, we're still waiting for. It still will be a big one. And maybe it will be Connor's last UFC fight if he doesn't beat Dustin Poirier, quite frankly. Um, but for, for Jorge, I don't really think he owes Nate Diaz a rematch. Like he he beat the holy hell out of him, and yeah, his he got it ended up getting stopped by doctors. But Nate's only real claim there is he thinks that George is getting tired in that fight. And I don't know, man. It's not that's not really uh Jorge's MO to uh to wear down like that. So I thought that uh, we, we saw a guy who was really, really getting uh, beat up pretty good in that fight. Nick Diaz, that fight makes a lot of sense. It's got an easy storyline. I think money-wise, that's the one that makes sense for Hori. But the Leon fight could, too. I mean, listen, they're always going to have that footage of the three-piece in the soda. That's that's kind of where the resurrection began with, with Jorge, with his win over Darren Till, and that same night had the Leon Edwards thing. I think most people learned about Leon Edwards that night, quite frankly. Um, if you hadn't seen him maybe in the Cerrone fight or something like that, that, that was the performance. I think everybody kind of knew, oh, Leon was, uh, you know, that probably that, that clip was so viral. Everybody got uh, to know who Leon Edwards was. He's the three piece in the soda guy. And I think for Leon to avenge that, I think for him to get that win, even if it's against a guy that Camaro's beat soundly twice, um, I think it would do a lot for him. I think it would eradicate that clip. You know, he can kind of shut up Jorge. Um, I think it would probably be the end of, of Jorge as a contender, quite frankly, if he's able to go beat him. Um, it, it, I still think Masvidal is going to have a lot of popularity. I don't think, I think once you get that as a UFC guy, I don't think that really goes away. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the sport is like once you make it, you make it. And people always want to see your next performance. Uh, to a certain degree, maybe like a guy like Tony Ferguson, you know, you want to see him win a round. It's been a little bit lackluster for Tony in that regard, but so it'll definitely get it. It, it would definitely, here's the thing that would be good for Jorge. If he gets the win over Leon is if he gets the win over Leon and Colby ends up beating Kamaru, that sets up a, a big time grudge match title fight with Colby. Now, the one thing I would say is, it'd be pretty dirty to give if Colby ends up winning the title. It would be a pretty dirty thing to have Kamaru not get a chance to regain the belt for a couple of reasons. One, they would be 1-1. And two, he's been reigning for a long time as champ. So it feels like he would deserve an immediate rematch. But we've seen, look, if the UFC has big business on the other side of things, they'll put off what's right. You know, go see Stipe Miocic against Francis Ngannou. Francis, it'd be the exact same situation. And that Stipe really probably deserves an immediate rematch, um, but he's not getting one. They're going with Derek Lewis, and so they're in that weird spot. So I, it's an interesting thing. I think that Leon um, waiting this thing out is an interesting strategy from him, but I don't know if it's the smartest thing. I think that if I were him and I were Jorge, I would be pushing very hard for them to fight each other, but... Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that we're going to probably end up seeing Leon sit out. And if Nick Diaz is having a return fight, the win, the, I mean, it seems like the only fight that seems to make a whole hell of a lot of sense is him versus Masvidal. I don't really know what else. I don't know what else makes sense 
for 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 Masvidal right now. Um, you know, maybe I mean they could do the Wonder Boy fight and run the wonderful Wonder Boy fight back. I guess that's one way. But if I were if I were Masvidal, I would definitely be if 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 I had the choice between the two, I think Nick Diaz is the obvious route to go from a business standpoint and from a standpoint of uh, you feel better about winning that one because he lost to Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Um, Gilbert Burns is still out there. You know, Gilbert Burns comeback fight. I think that's a, that's a fun one versus him and Masvidal. I think that could make for a really fun fight as well. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what shakes out with his welterweight division. I'm interested to see if Kamara wants to fight Colby. You know, that's, that's an interesting one too. You know, Dana seems very steadfast on it. Kamara seems pretty lukewarm on it. Doesn't seem that into it. So uh, I'm interested to see where these things fall out. Linda, on this. Uh, so this week we had the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury press conference, if you want to call it that. They had a five minute stare off. Very weird. You know, it, it was kind of awkward, to be honest with you. People say, oh, this is intense. This is the best. I thought it was a little bit weird. And then, you know, Deontay was funny. He, he like, he still went away at the end of it. And he seemed like the one that wanted it to go that long, which, uh, which is a weird one. It was a weird, you know, I do feel like Deontay continues to take PRLs in, in all this type of stuff, which bums me out because I'm a big Deontay Wilder fan. Um, I love watching the guy fight. I feel like I've, I've defended him, um, more so than a lot of people, but you know, when you lose the way you lost to Tyson Fury and then, all of the excuses that came through after that, it was indefensible. Like it, it's indefensible to hear like, oh, 40 pound weight, uh, 40 pound costume, spiked water, t- trainer on the take, like all these wild accusations that are out there for him against Tyson. Like I think if you just lose to Tyson Fury and you just take it on the chin, literally and figuratively, I still think that he has a lot of people in his corner because he's one of the most entertaining guys in the sport because of that right hand bomb. You know, I don't I think he's one of the guys that I I don't think he would lose a lot because I think the idea that he has such freakish power is such an attraction to watching him fight. You know, people can dog on his boxing skill set, all that type of stuff. But this whole you know, woe is me excuse machine that he's put forth, it's just a bummer. And so I would have liked this opportunity for him to kind of just put a fresh coat of paint on everything, you know? And it's interesting because he did some interviews this week, but he didn't do the press conference. And I almost think that the silence probably got this particular press conference more attention. But where I think that Deontay loses out is like he doesn't get to explain himself. He doesn't get the opportunity to say why he thinks he, he doesn't get to talk about his new trainer. He doesn't get to talk about why he thinks Tyson Fury, uh, why he's going to beat him this time around or any of that type of stuff. I would have, you know, I, I and I do think that while this gets more attention, I do think that we needed those moments of him calling Tyson Fury a cheater Him calling him that he mess with the gloves what's he gonna you know what's the worst Tyson Fury's gonna do what's he gonna do sue him so the fact that we didn't get there from Deontay was uh was disappointing this isn't me coming from a uh you know I I don't want to come at this from like an entitled media guy perspective like you know guys can he can know he can not talk if he wants to I'm fine but 
I remember, you know, I remember the last person that really tried this on a big stage was Ronda Rousey. And Ronda, you know, lost to Holly Holm. You know, everybody memed her and, you know, she had the head in the pillow and she let, got home and basically just disconnected from the world and thought the world was all laughing at her and just never just didn't take it well, didn't take the loss well. And I think that if and, and then you remember in the lead up to that fight that she didn't talk to any media, any media whatsoever. And because of that, you know, it was kind of weird. You're just like, all right, well, she's got nothing to say. She's not going to explain the loss. None of that type of stuff. We didn't know about her training. We didn't know about anything. Just went in there. No context of anything going into this fight. Talked to, fought Amanda Nunes and got beat up again. And that was that, you know, when, you know, went off into WWE. I do think there's a level of that to this. It's like, well, you know, you have this loss for Deontay. He's not really telling his story other than to like some, you know, C-level YouTubers. And there's some wild stuff out there that he's trying to throw throw against the wall. And I don't think I don't think it, it I don't think it endears him to anybody. And if he doesn't care about that, I don't think it 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 uh I don't think it ex- it helps him explain anything or or puts anything out there to why he's going to go and win this time around. So very weird week for uh, for Deontay uh, in a lot of ways, but hey, he's not winning that fight at the press conference. Even if he did look away after five after a weird five minute stare down, um, you know, ultimately he's got to find a way to, to to land that right hand bomb on Tyson Fury. And if he can, it's a big ask. Then um, you know maybe he can pull one out and uh, and and mess up this whole uh, heavyweight division and its plans. Because I still want to see, I do want to see Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. It's definitely not to the level that it was when those guys were on top of the world, which is the risk of, you know, delaying these types of things and having these media squabbles. But uh, I still think that's a fun fight. I think him versus Andrew, because of Deontay's knockout power, every fight that you could basically throw at me, I'd be like, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd, I'd want to see what this guy does against Deontay Wilder because he's always going to have that, that, uh, that magic, magic punching power. That if he just gets you at the right spot, it's uh, it's all she wrote. So that's our show for this week, everybody. Thanks again to Erickson Lubin for joining the program. And we will talk to you guys next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.